Hello and welcome to Complete Caribbean, a Travel Pulse podcast all about the world's favorite warm weather destination, the Caribbean. I'm writer, editor, and Caribbean travel expert, Jet Set Sarah. And I'm Brian Major, managing editor here at Travel Pulse. We're happy to have you join us today as we discuss the ins and the outs of Caribbean travel and we share the latest info and intelligence on this wonderfully diverse region. Let's get started. I'm Jet Set Sarah with my co-host Brian Major and we are thrilled because for episode six, we're not in America, we're actually in the Caribbean. We're in the British Virgin Islands. We couldn't be happier to be here. This is Brian's first trip uh, back to the Caribbean since the pandemic started. It's my seventh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's my first time back in the British Virgin Islands. And we're thrilled to be here. So we're going to get started with this just in. So my first piece of news is actually good news from the Dutch Caribbean island of Curacao, which announced last week that it is now officially open for summer travel. Officials say that about 86,000 people, that's of a population of about 157,000, have already been vaccinated, and the positivity rate has dropped to about 10 cases per 10,000 people in the last few weeks. So now they are throwing open the doors and welcoming everybody. The nightly curfew has been lifted for the first time in a year, as well as capacity restrictions on outdoor venues and restaurants. Of course, you want to know how to get there? Well, the good news is that their nonstop flights from the island, which open on January 1st, include American Airlines from Miami and from Charlotte and JetBlue from JFK, New York. The island's running a fourth night free promotion right now until October 31st at participating resorts. And just remember, though, whether whether you're vaxxed or not, you will need a PCR test for entry, as well as a rapid test on day three of your stay. So if you want more information, don't just take it from me. Go straight to the source at curacao.com. What good news have you got, Brian? Well, Sarah, I have to say, uh, now that we're here in the BVI, Caribbean cruising is returning. There are some steps forward and some steps backward. So let's go over them. This past Wednesday, Windstar Cruises announced that crew vaccination issues have forced the line to drop most of the Caribbean ports of call on its June 19th through 26th post-pandemic itinerary on the ship Star Breeze. I should say post-outbreak. I like to say post-outbreak, not because we're still in the pandemic. So post-outbreak crews on the ship Star Breeze. Reportedly, fewer than 20% of the vessel's crew has been vaccinated, which is a quite a low level. While all guests on the voyage are required to be fully vaccinated, Windstar Cruises spokeswoman Sarah Skultok said the company has been unable to source sufficient vaccines for the crew. So at present, Windstar says it will operate the sailing on a modified itinerary that will include days at sea, offshore anchorages, and, according to Sarah Skoltok, possibly excursions in St. Martin, which is the voyage's point of departure. Windstar has decided to make the cruise free for all passengers who choose to embark. And Skoltok also said the, origin, the original itinerary included Anguilla, St. Bart's, and four stops, guess where? the British Virgin <laughs> Islands, where we are presently. She also said the ship still hopes, the company still hopes the ship can call in at least one of those destinations. So a little step backward. 
But there was some positive news in the cruise, on the cruise landscape. Royal Caribbean International, one of the largest Caribbean sailing cruise lines, returned to operations last week on Adventures of, with its ship Adventure of the Seas, cruising from Nassau, Bahamas. This ship is homeporting this season in Nassau and is embarking on seven-night cruises visiting Coco Key, their private island in the Bahamas, as well as Grand Bahama and Cozumel, Mexico. This was Royal Caribbean's first post-outbreak voyage since COVID-19 scuttled global cruising more than 15 months ago, scuttled, cruise word, <laughs> and <laughs> left port with more than 1,000 passengers on that voyage. The crew and all guests 16 and over are fully vaccinated. Again, vaccination, as Sarah and I always point out, the key to Caribbean travel right now, ship-wise and land-wise. So there are more cruises coming up for, Ju for July and August, including Allure of the Seas, which will offer seven-night Eastern and Western cruise Caribbean cruises from Port Canaveral, Florida. Symphony of the Seas in August will begin seven-night Eastern and Western cruise, Caribbean cruises sailing from Miami. And on August 15th, Independence of the Seas will launch seven-night Western Caribbean sailings from Galveston, Texas. There are a good number of itineraries coming up, but again, full vaccination is the key. So go get the shot. Go get the jab if you want to sail the Caribbean. What else is there, Sarah, to talk about today? Well, I'm happy to say, Brian, that I am the bearer of good news yet again. It's a, it's a really, it's a good news BVI special edition today. Uh, this time, my good news is from St. Bart's, which, yay, reopened, re-reopened to visitors on June 9th. Mm -hmm. As you might recall, the French Caribbean island reopened a year ago, and then it was shut down along with Martinique and Guadeloupe by the French government this February. But it's open now, and to visit now, you'll need proof of a PCR, a negative PCR test result taken within three days of your arrival. Or you can also do an antigen test, alternatively, taken within four, that's a rapid test, taken within 48 hours. There's no quarantine or on-island testing required once you're there. But I do want you to note, this is one of the rare islands, that, one of the only islands, I think, maybe the only island that doesn't have an online portal for uploading all those health documents. Oh, very French. So you may need <laughs> to send your, very French. Right. Um, so you may have to send your vaccination records and all that documentation directly to your hotel before you actually finalize your plans. Because, you know, with most of the Caribbean islands, you upload everything to an online portal, you get an approval and you're good to go. That is not the case with St. Bars, which, you know, has to be different and fancy. So also know that you might have to show your proof of vaccination um, to the hotel when you get there in St. Bart's and also to immigration when you get there in St. Bart's. I was going to say that I was going to be on Starbreeze um, and visiting St. Bart's, the same Starbreeze that Brian was talking about earlier. I was planning to be on Starbreeze on their June 26th sailing. So I was going to come back with Boku St. Bart's scoop. I'm not sure now what's going to happen with the vaccination situation, but don't worry. Keep it locked here and I will keep you informed. <laughs> That's great. And I forgot to mention Sarah was scheduled to do the, the subsequent voyage to the voyage I discussed. So you're going to find out from, the, from us what's happening regarding uh, that situation. 
So now we've dealt with all the news, we're very excited to welcome our guest. And our guest today is Clive McCoy. He's the director of BVI Tourist Board and the Film Commission. Thank you so much for joining us, Clive. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us here in the BVI. We're having a blast. And of course, you know, we'll be sharing everything we're doing with our audiences. And I know that they're going to want to come to the BVI. So my first question to you is, what are the current entry requirements for visitors to the BVI? I know we've had some news recently and there's been a change for vaccinated travelers. So why don't you tell me about that first? Yes, we're so excited about our changes to our COVID protocols. Um, for vaccinated travelers. Now, vaccinated travelers that come to the British Virgin Islands just have to provide a negative test upon arrival and proof of vaccination, and they're free to go. So what? we're thrilled That's about fabulous. that. We, 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 we welcome vaccinated guests to the BBI. So that's really good to know for vaccinated travelers like Brian and I. But if you're partially vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated at all, is there somewhere you can somewhere you can go to find out what those regulations are? Yes, Sarah, you can go to www.bvitourism.com slash reopening and you will find all of the information in terms of um, entry requirements into the territory. Perfect. Now, that sounds great. It, as Sarah and I have made the point in several of our, our broadcasts already, the vaccination, it's the key to being able to travel in this region. And, and we see it's the same way in the BVI, same way all over the, the territory. And um, since we're on the subject, what, um, Clive, what is the state of um, COVID infection in the BVI generally? I mean, cases, numbers and management. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, uh, as of today, we only have four cases in the territory. So that is really good compared to the number of visitors we've been seeing coming in. So we're managing the situation uh, very well, in my opinion. That is, that is something that is, uh, that is <laughs> common to the Caribbean destinations. Sarah, I think you wanted to make another point about that. <laughs> yeah, I was talking over, the, the, yeah, over you there, Brad, sorry. But I was really interested to know, you know, you said you only have four cases, but are you finding infections are happening within the tourist sector or is it community spread? Well, for the most part, we've realized um, mostly visitors to the territory that have been testing positive for um, for the virus. Uh, we have had um, local persons test positive, but they tested positive upon arrival, traveling back into the BVI. So we've been able to contain it very well. That's good to know. Clive, you, you like the other governments in the Caribbean, throughout the Caribbean, you, we're talking about tourism reliant countries that uh, are really challenged by this pandemic, obviously, uh, as we all are, but more so here because you have to balance the goals of protecting the health of your residents and your community, but also having economic activity that sustains everyone's livelihoods. Um, how have you what how have you been able to successfully manage those uh, those disparate elements? Well, the reason we've been able to successfully manage the elements as it relates to the virus is through testing um, and really, really good contact tracing uh, whenever we have an issue. So um, I think the testing regime that we've had since December, plus our health workers 
um, doing great contact tracing whenever there's a uh, challenge has helped us very much to keep the numbers low. Have uh, has this been a, um, a a health agency effort or a uh, tourism office effort, or are there other agencies involved? That uh, yeah, you know, I, I would say it's a it was a BVI effort because um, we are very um, strict as it as it relates to 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 the to the to the protocols that are in place, mask wearing, um, sanitization, social distancing, the entire community seems to have bought into these elements. And this has helped us to keep the numbers down. I mean, enough can be said about the work that the public health department has done, as well as the other statutory bodies within the territory, like BVI Airport Authority and Port Authority, to really making sure that really making sure that the protocols are, are being adhered to. Uh, enough can't be said also to the tourism sector, our restaurants, our hotels, um, our, our, our tour operators. Everyone has been very um, cognizant of the, of the of the protocols that have been established. So it's it's been a BVI effort. And I'm, I'm so proud of everyone for the work that we have done to, to keep our numbers down and, and to allow our guests to come back to the territory. It sounds like a real team effort, Clive. Oh, and so yeah. now I wanted, I wanted to ask you about vaccination. I know that a lot of our Caribbean countries are getting vaccinated. So could you talk a bit about the progress of vaccination there? What percentage of your BVI residents have been vaccinated? And have you been focusing on tourism workers first or across the board? Well, uh, we, we haven't hit the threshold that we would like in terms of the vaccinated guests as yet. Currently, approximately about 40% of the population is um, fully vaccinated, but we, we continue to do a, a, a push and a drive to get more persons vaccinated. And every day we're seeing the numbers going up. So um, we're very thrilled about that. We're very happy to see that more persons are accepting the vaccination. Uh, we haven't... Um, segmented who receives the vaccination as, as yet vaccines as yet uh, between tourism workers and just uh, everyday man that's not in the tourism sector but i always tell people tourism is everybody's business so the more persons that are vaccinated in the bvi the better it's going to be for tourism so um we're getting there that is outstanding mm-hmm. and um if we if we we envision we're here where we're enjoying what there is to do. We love the sunshine and the beautiful waters. I mean, you know, uh, it, it feels wonderful to be back in the Caribbean again. And uh, when you think of the BVI, there are many signature attractions like the bats and some other things. Um, Clive, why don't you tell our listeners what is available now in the post outbreak era in uh, the BVI? When you come here, what are you going to be able to do? Well, the BVI, uh, without a doubt, we're still the sailing capital of the world and we're doing everything in our power to remain that. And um, that's what we have here in the BVI. We have the best sailing waters in the world. And um, if, if you're into yachting, this is the place to come. And even if you're not a, if you're not a, a yachty or someone that um, is interested in sailing for a few days, the islands in the BVI are so close to each other that they lend themselves for day trips. So you can be on one island and in 
20, 30 minutes, you can go on another island. And 20, 30 minutes, you could be on another island. I, I like to tell people yeah. you can have breakfast on one island, lunch on another, and, and dinner on another island in the BVI. So you can island hop between islands. And each island has such a, a, a completely different vibe. Tortola um, is it's a little bit of everything. Virgin Gora is a lot more romantic. If you want to party a little bit, you can go over to Josh Van Dyke in one of the many beach bars. I mean, I could go on and on about what makes it be <laughs> special but why don't uh everybody just get on a plane and come here let's <laughs> let's come to the beach and drink some painkillers you know, oh my god that's now that sounds like a great yeah. idea because my next question was going to be what's your favorite thing as, as a son of the bvi a son of the soil what is your number one favorite thing to do or that you would recommend that people who come there do well, uh, I'm a son of the soil and I, I love the British Virgin Islands, but my favorite thing to do in the British Virgin Islands, to be honest, is to interact with the people of the British Virgin Islands. The people are what makes the destination what it is. The BV Islanders are, are so friendly. I tell people all the time, um, I've done trade shows all over the world for the British Virgin Islands. And the one thing that people always tell me is that they, the, the thing that we, they remember the most is the people that they, they make in the BVI. So that is my favorite thing to do is to meet the people in the BVI, um, hang out with them, eat with them. Um, even though they're my people, is they still entertain me. They still are very nice. And, um, you know, that, that's my favorite thing. Besides um, um, walking on the beach in the morning, that's one of the things that I love to do as well. I love walking on the beach in the morning. I think those are some very good recommendations, Clyde. Yes. And I just want everyone to notice, because it's something that Brian and I learned while we were in the BVI. Mm. We learned that, you know, you, you people from the BVI are called not BV, BV Islanders, but BV Islanders. And did you notice how Clive had that exp- that um, emphasis on the Islanders? He just tossed it off. He didn't even notice yes, it. Yes, he, he didn't even notice said, it. But if you want to be cool, if, like, yeah. there it is. <laughs> if you want to yeah. be cool, if you want people to know that you know what you're talking about in the BVI, you're going to refer yeah. to people from the BVI as BV Islanders with, with yes. emphasis on the land part, Landers. right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're always telling you the Caribbean is a place of incredible diversity, and this is another example of every island is different in a different way. I mean, there's so many differences, even though we all have the sun, sea, and sand. So, uh, so there you go. Yeah. Yes. You know, Clive, we are so happy that we got to spend some time with you while we're in the BVI. We were happy to leave the blue waters behind for just a little bit to, to talk to you because we know you yeah. have the scoop. So thank you very, very much for being with us today. We were thrilled uh, to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. keep it locked people see complete caribbean is what all the cool kids are listening to it's the podcast for all the cool kids thank (laughs) Thank you you so much clive thank you for having me well you just heard from clive mccoy director of tourism and the film commissioner for the british virgin islands he is a wealth of information and a great source again we bring you the top sources in each destination so thank you clive Thank you. We really appreciate the time you were able to provide us. So now why don't we go into our usual segment, Island, our third segment, Island Inbox. So uh, in my first um, item here on Island Inbox, I want to go to one of our favorite destinations. Sarah and I both love Anguilla. It's a great destination in the Caribbean. And this week, it received the Centers for Disease Control's Level 1 Classification 
for lowest possible risk level for COVID-19. As of July 1st, all visitors to Anguilla must be fully vaccinated for at least three, three weeks prior to entering the country. Visitors must still apply for entry and receive a negative COVID PCR test three to five days prior to arrival. However, visitors will no longer have to be tested upon arrival and can travel freely across the island. And as Sarah and I know, Anguilla has really been one of the islands that have really done an excellent job and a thorough job of managing the COVID crisis. They've done a, a tremendous job. So this is just another um, uh, confirmation of that. Um, there's been some confusion with CDC. I mean, at points they've, they've um, recommended that you not travel to certain Caribbean islands, but it's a little strange because A, some of the people are traveling to those islands, and B, those islands have really done, and the Caribbean as a whole, has really done a, a very commendable job of, in managing this crisis. Now, I want to just uh, stay in Anguilla for one more item. One of the destination's signature resorts announced a reopening date following its redevelopment under new owners. The former Cuisinart Luxury Resort will reopen in November as the Aurora Anguilla Resort and Golf Club following this 30-acre property's 2020 purchase by Olympic Ventures. And if you know Anguilla like Sarah and I know Anguilla, uh, this is one of the iconic properties in Anguilla. So it's gonna be all new, gonna be different, um, but still fabulous. In fact, the property will feature amenities including culinary courses crafted by chef Abram Bissell and an 18-hole championship golf course designed by Greg Norman. The redeveloped property ends the tenure of what had been a two-decade run for Cuisinart. During that time, it became a signature Anguilla property. And the new, one other thing I should mention, this renewed property will also offer guests a fleet of jets providing exclusive charter service to the resort. Uh, you can also opt for scheduled airlift from the U.S. gateways that connect to Anguilla's Clayton J. Lloyd International Airport. And Anguilla can also be reached via a 25-minute ferry ride from St. Martin. So... This property will again be available to everyone. It'll have a new name and a new brand, but I'm sure it will be just as terrific from the descriptions we've gotten. It will be just as great as it has been in the past. So something to look forward to, more opening in the, in the Caribbean, in Anguilla. Sarah, what else? Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I don't think that there is any bad hotel in Anguilla really, is there? I mean, I think if you're at Anguilla, you're having a good time and you're probably at a great hotel. So I'm looking forward to seeing Aurora and how it sort of, ups the ante on their whole tourism product. That'll be really interesting to see. But speaking of tourism products, let's come back to the BVI, shall we? Because you and I, Brian and I, have stayed at some amazing properties and um, seen some amazing properties while we were here. But there was one that really stood out for me. It's not open yet, but you might want to put it on your list for fall. So have you heard about Sabre Rock? Sabre Rock is this private island hotel, restaurant, and bar right in the middle of the North Sound. So there's Virgin Gorda on one side and Prickly Pear and Eustatia Island on the other. It's a really popular sort of party spot and refueling spot for boaters. And if you're going over to Anagada, you know, the very flat um, Virgin Island, it's the last stop before you have to make that 20-mile journey across over to Anagada. So unfortunately, this Sabre Rock was decimated by Hurricane Irma back in 2017, but it's being completely rebuilt and it's supposed to reopen uh, October 14th, 15th. It'll have two bars, 
a waterfront restaurant, of course, and a great gift shop. And I'm telling you, it's a really gift, good gift shop. They've always had a good gift shop and because I've stayed there before. And it's the same gift shop manager who's coming back. So I know it's going to be good. But yes, the good shop is, gift shop is great. But I'm most excited about the nine rooms. Seven, actually, seven rooms and two suites, the nine rooms on the property. Honest to God, it is no exaggeration to say I think that they're some of the best designed hotel rooms I have seen anywhere in the Caribbean. I mean, because you know how in the Caribbean, obviously, we have a colonial heritage. And I feel like we we tend to fall back on this British colonial aesthetic with, you know, like the heavy floral drapes and the four-poster mahogany beds. And that's okay if you are a plantation hotel or if you're an older hotel. But I think it's really lazy when you design a new hotel and you bring this really sort of hackneyed design style to it. And I'm telling you, you will not find that here. All new, all the rooms on Sabre Rocks, they do have references to the island's history mm. and to its prior owner, who was this guy called um, Bert Kilbride. He established a restaurant and a dive bar here in the 1960s. So the rooms have, for example, they have this thing called, a, all of the rooms have this thing called a memory wall, sort of like a mural with... Um, a mural wallpaper with sort of memorabilia and photos of him and photos of Sabre Rock in the early days. So, and there are lots of um, nautical motifs that go back to its maritime history. So you really get the feeling of history, but at the same time, it's also modern and fresh, colorful, whimsical, a little bit masculine. There's some um, leather touches in the decor and rope accents. He's even got a little bit of mid, sort of mid-century modern sleek type furniture and these like jewel-toned velvets. Honestly, I have seen a lot of Caribbean hotel rooms in my time and I really was just blown away by the decor here. I don't know that I'm giving you the best example of it. You really no, that was a great <laughs> description from a former home furnishings reporter oh yes right <laughs> and i have to agree so, with Sarah. it is one of the best hotel rooms i've seen in the world and Sarah and i have been in all kinds of hotels yeah yeah so i you know but but you shouldn't take our word for it although we're good for our word but you should go to saberock.com have a look at it or you can go to my um instagram feed at jet set sarah and there's a, a highlight at the top that says saberock check it out i did a lot of video i mean brian and i were both Really, really impressed. And honestly, if they invite me there in October 15th, hint, hint, <laughs> save a rock, I'll be happy to go. And I have a feeling Brian will too. <laughs> they won't have to ask me twice. <laughs> Let's me go. Neither. I tell you, it's amazing. Let's go. Let's go. So for our last item in our inbox, this is one that, an item that uh, Brian and I both share because we experience it together here in the BVI. And it's really kind of off kilter, but also I think, Kind of fun. We want to talk to you about the menagerie of animals, unexpected animals that we have met here in our four days in the British Virgin Islands. So I'll kick us off. We started, Brian and I checked into Oil Nut Bay, which is at the very eastern tip of Virgin Gorda. It kind of feels like you're on a private island resort because there's nothing else out there, just Oil Nut Bay. And we were quarantining, so we were keeping to ourselves. But when we got out of quarantine and we did a tour, we found out that the owners, one of the owners, um, she really has a penchant for rescuing animals. And we, we went down to their farm and we saw, I will give you, it's a, there's a list. So we saw three horses, no big deal, right? Okay, three horses, about 20 cats, but you know, they're hotel cats. Okay, fine, fair enough. 
Then we saw about 25 red-footed tortoises. Now, the only place I've ever seen a tortoise before in the Caribbean um, is in the British Virgin Islands, was actually at at the private island resort, Guana Island. Uh, Brian, I think you said you've seen them somewhere else, in Antigua, maybe? I've seen them, yes, that's right, at the Grand Pineapple, at the Pineapple Resort in Antigua. Yes, there's a... Okay, so I didn't know that Antigua has tortoises. Jamaica has no tortoises, but whatever. So we saw these 25 tortoises but this is the part that blows me away we also met an emu yes yes people an emu in the caribbean in the british virgin islands the emu's name is pat the emu apparently was one of three that was owned by someone um in the east end and when irma happened you know they all three of them got loose Two of them, we think, unfortunately died. But there was one that was just roaming the island. And somehow the people at Oil Not Bay rescued him or her. Um, it seems to be, a, a, we're not sure. It's not a non-binary emu. It's just that they need to do a blood test, blood test. to find out whether, whether the emu is male or female. So they call the emu Pat after the Saturday Night Live character, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cute. But I mean, really, who thinks they're going to come to the Caribbean, the British Virgin Islands of all places, and see an emu? living on a pride on a, on a on a very fancy resort it was crazy crazy right totally crazy that is the first emu i've seen anywhere outside of a television commercial so i mean <laughs> right i've never seen one in real life <laughs> and then and then now so okay so then we we move we we left oil nut bay and we had to take the ferry and we came over to um Gun Creek. We arrived at Virgin Gorna at Gun Creek, where we met someone, an animal that, okay, you expect to find in, in the Caribbean, right, Brian? Brian made friends with what we call in Jamaica a brown dog, or what they call in the Turks and Caicos Island, a pot cake, just a regular street dog, right? So we've seen one Caribbean street dog, which is quite unusual. Then we checked into Rosewood Little Dicks Bay, uh, which is the, uh, both of our first times here. It's a beautiful property, really tranquil, beautifully landscaped. And what have we seen here all over the place, Brian? Tell the viewers, the listeners. We have seen chickens. We <laughs> have seen tortoise. And we, you know, we were trying to remember earlier what we, <laughs> yes. we thought two goats. And two goats, not, you know, I'm used to, I'm used to goats just running around in Jamaica, running around the street, but these are actually goats in the, in the farm that they have here. So the little children can come and go and look at them. But, you know, I, the, the, the chickens, the, I guess they're roosters a lot too, because I had to come, I had to dash back to do a Zoom and everyone in the audience in the Zoom presentation kept remarking about the fact that there were roosters crowing in the back. <laughs> you know, I'm from the Caribbean. I didn't even notice, but apparently the audience in New York and all over the States noticed that there were roosters. And then the end to this menagerie story, trust me, it's really good, um, is Brian and I also went to another resort we've never heard of before. In fact, it just opened, I think they said in December. It's on Buck Island, which is near Tortola. We took the ferry over to Tortola and then we took like a five minute, very eventful boat ride, which we won't spoil now because I'm sure we're going to write about it later. We took a boat ride over from Virgin Gorda to Buck Island. And there's a new resort there called the Ariel, a private island resort called the Ariel. And while we were on the Ariel, not only did we meet a Great Dane, a beautiful um, merle-colored Great Dane. I forget what his name was. What was his name, Brian? Do you remember? 
Captain, Captain. Captain. I was going to say Colonel, but right, Captain. Captain. Right. We <laughs> met Captain. We also met three miniature ponies. The cutest things ever. You don't know, but I am only four foot nine and a half. And so those, those ponies were about half my height. Would have been perfect for me to ride. Um, so we thought three miniature ponies that also live on the, on the island because this owner of this private island also likes to rescue animals. And this is the most amazing part. We also met four zebras. Well, there's zebras if you went to school in England like me. There's zebras if you're American. But can you believe it? Four zebras on a private island resort in the Caribbean. Seriously, I, the, menagerie we have, the menagerie that we've met on this trip is unbelievable. Right, Pete? Uh, you, 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 you encapsulated it right there. It was unbelievable. And, I mean, I've been watching animal shows since I was a kid. This is the first zebra, zebra, I have seen in person <laughs> ever, ever. And um, they are beautiful, I have to say. And they're four boys, and they, they did a little stampede for us within their enclosure at times and, <laughs> and palled around and uh, something special. I mean, uh, who figures they're going to go to the BVI and meet four yeah. zebras? And the, and the zebras didn't come from Africa, right? They came from Texas, we were told. They were rescued from Texas. That is what it's, we... I don't know. The story is crazier and crazier, but anyway, the whole point is we have seen an amazing menagerie of animals in the British Virgin Islands in the last four days. It was so incredible to us that we felt that we wanted to share it with you. So if you are an animal lover, um, we've given you some good tips about where to go to see some really unusual Caribbean animals. Just another example of the diversity of the Caribbean and the unexpected nature of Caribbean destinations. You never know what you quite will find. (laughs) I think I think that we're going to make that the Caribbean's new tagline. The Caribbean, we're not just for brown dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm going to end my comedy career and also episodes, episode six of Complete Caribbean. Brian and I are so thrilled that you joined us for our sixth episode and our first episode on location in the British Virgin Islands. We thank you for listening. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast and like us and tell everyone about us and we'll see you in the Caribbean very soon. See you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.